You're listening to the SSPX Podcast. We're happy to present True Heroes, a series of stories of the lives of the saints presented by Father Thomas Tam. Joseph, son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. Hello, my friends, and welcome to True Heroes. I'm going to apologize for a couple of things right off the bat here. One is that it's very windy outside, so if you hear a variety of background noise, then that's why. Also, I did not have time to write a script today, so I'm just going to wing it, and hopefully everything goes well, and I do not say anything stupid, and I just drown you all in my wisdom, because I pretend that I am wise. Okay, so today we're going to talk about St. Joseph. More specifically, I want to talk about a specific devotion to him, that of his seven sorrows and joys. So we've all heard of the seven sorrows of Our Lady. There is a devotion to St. Joseph that talks about his seven sorrows and the joys that went with those sorrows. And as we go through this, we will pretty much cover his whole life. We do not know much about him. He was known as the silent saint of Nazareth. Silence. You know, not the quiet saint, not the shy saint. Silent. He is one of the most important people in the entirety of the Bible, but he never says a single word. So let us go through these sorrows and these joys just to get an idea of who this famous man was. The first sorrow is called the doubt of Saint Joseph. So when Saint Joseph was engaged, if you will, with Our Lady, he discovered that she was pregnant. He was not aware of the Annunciation or of how she became pregnant. So he doubted as to what he should do with her. He did not know if he should marry her or if he should just put her away quietly, as the scriptures say. And as he muddled with this in his mind, an angel appeared to him and said the words that I started this podcast with. Joseph, son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So he no longer doubted that he should be with Our Lady, since he now understood that it was God himself who caused her to be pregnant. So the doubt of Saint Joseph is his first sorrow. The message of the angel is his first joy. The second is the poverty of our Lord's birth. So the joy is going to be that's accompanied with this sorrow is the birth of Christ himself and the glory thereof. The sorrow is that of the poverty of our Lord's birth. Now, did Joseph know that our Lord was God? Maybe not. However, he would have known at the very least that he was the Messiah and the one who would save Israel from sin, from their sins, the people, their sins. He recognized the importance of our Lord, and so he was troubled by the fact that our Lord, that the Savior of the world, would be born in a stable with animals. He would have imagined that the Messiah should be born in a palace with servants, 
to, to help him with his childhood, but this was not to be the case with our Lord. The third sorrow is the circumcision. So the first instance in our Lord's life when he will shed his blood. This would have caused pain to St. Joseph just to know that his foster son would be suffering. The joy with this circumcision would have been the fact that his name was given to him at this moment, the name of Jesus, Savior of the world. The fourth sorrow of St. Joseph is the prophecy of Simeon. So when St. Joseph and Our Lady brought our Lord to the temple to present him in the temple, the prophet Simeon was there to receive them. And he took our Lord in his arms, acknowledged the fact that he was to be the Messiah, that he was the Messiah, and then proceeded to inform Our Lady and St. Joseph, in general terms, the suffering that Our Lord would have to go through and the suffering that Our Lady would also have to go through. And this, of course, caused St. Joseph great pain to know the suffering of our Lord and Our Lady. The joy with this fourth sorrow would have been the effects of the redemption. So he would have understood their suffering, but he also would have understood that the suffering was for the intention of the redemption of mankind. And this, of course, would have caused him a great joy. The fifth sorrow of St. Joseph was the flight into Egypt. So we all, most of us at least, probably know the story that Our Lady and St. Joseph and Our Lord were in Bethlehem, and Herod had decided to no longer wait for the three wise men, the three magi, to tell him where Our Lord was residing. So he sent soldiers to Bethlehem to kill all the children, all the male children, two years old and under. St. Joseph, in a dream, was told by an angel, was warned by an angel of this command. So St. Joseph took Our Lady and Our Lord and fled into Egypt. We do not know how long they were in Egypt. Some scriptural authors say a couple of months, say, some say a few years. So we do not know how long that took. When they came to Egypt, there is a tradition that the idols, so all the different Egyptian gods, the, their, their statues rather, collapsed and fell when our Lord passed by. So that would have been an interesting moment for the Egyptians. Uh, maybe some of them thought that Moses was back and bringing the ten plagues back upon them. We're not even sure if this was in fact the case, but this is actually labeled as St. Joseph's fifth joy that when they arrived in Egypt and whenever they passed the idols, the false gods of the Egyptians, the statues collapsed. The sixth sorrow is the return from Egypt. So obviously there would have been a joy of returning to the Holy Land. At the same time, there was the difficulties of the travel. And there's also the fact that when St. Joseph returned to the Holy Land, he found out that the son of Herod had taken over for his father. And so he still feared 
for the life of the child and only really returned to Nazareth when an angel once again told him that it was safe to go there. The joy, the sixth joy accompanying this sorrow would have been the life he spent with Jesus and Mary after their return from Egypt. The seventh sorrow and the last sorrow of St. Joseph is the same as the third sorrow of Our Lady, that of our Lord being lost in the temple. So as we know, St. Joseph and Our Lady left Jerusalem believing that our Lord was with the other. So the men traveled in one group, the women traveled in another group. St. Joseph believed that Jesus was with Our Lady in the women's group, which would have been quasi-normal. Children usually traveled with their mothers, and our Lord was still young enough to perhaps be traveling with his mother. Meanwhile, Our Lady thought that our Lord was with St. Joseph. He is a boy, he's going to be with the men. It was only after they both arrived at their destination when they realized that neither of them had our Lord. So they had to return to Jerusalem, which would have been a long trip. So three days of sorrow as they sought our Lord. And then, of course, the joy, the seventh joy of St. Joseph is when they finally found him in the temple, teaching the chief priests and the doctors and asking them questions as the scriptures describe it. What more do we know of St. Joseph? That's really the last instant we see him. The last time we see St. Joseph in the scriptures is when he returns to Nazareth with our Lord and Our Lady after they find him in the temple when our Lord is 12 years old. We know for sure nothing more. We can surmise that by the time our Lord died on the cross, that St. Joseph at that point had already been dead. We could take this from a couple of ideas. One, the fact that St. Joseph wasn't at the foot of the cross. Certainly he would have been there if he was still alive. There's also the fact that our Lord gives Our Lady to St. John to take care of. Remember, one of the last words of our Lord is when he looks at Our Lady and says, Behold thy son, Speaking of St. John and St. John, he says to St. John, Behold thy mother. And the scripture says that from that point on, St. John took her to his own. So he took her as his mother and took care of her from then on out. Naturally, if St. Joseph was still alive, our Lord would not have given his mother over to St. John to take care of. You know, if uh, Our Lady showed up at home and packed all her stuff and St. Joseph is standing there. St. Joseph's like, where are you going? And Our Lady says, oh, I'm going to live with St. John now. You can imagine St. Joseph would be like, wait a minute, time out. Well, what do you mean you're going with St. John now? So chances are that St. Joseph was already dead at this point. And that's all we have time for today. I hope after I edit everything, it doesn't sound too bad. Tomorrow, is May 2nd, unless this is posted on May 5th, then it was three days ago, and if it was May 4th, it was two days ago. May 2nd is the Feast of St. Athanasius, so tomorrow we will discuss his life and his effect on the Catholic world. Until then, God bless you all, my friends. St. Joseph the Worker, pray for us.